17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. And Cordell, the big news, obviously, is the Ravens finally make a choice at offensive coordinator. It is Todd Munkin. Georgia's offensive coordinator. That was his last position, although he was in the NFL prior to going to the University of Georgia. As we know, Georgia has won back-to-back national championships with the likes of guys like Stetson Bennett, even though Bennett has had some great um, support guys around him, obviously, that will probably be first-rounders when they go into the NFL. Um, but it says a lot about what Munkin was able to do with Bennett, who many people, including myself, believe um, that Bennett was a, a limited uh, quarterback. So Ravens finally make a decision. And, you know, there has been a lot of positive feedback in regards to this hire. I've seen a lot of um, analysts and a lot of other coaches say that, you know, Munkin, how great that this could be for the Ravens. Uh, Munkin himself has said previously that he's a guy that likes to, to throw the ball, but he's also a guy that will do what defenses gives him. He's not going to force the issue. He's going to be a guy that's going to run the ball when it's necessary, when it's needed, and he's going to throw the ball when, you know, when this situation best suits his team. So, what is your take, Cordell, on this hire? How do you like that? How does it fit into what the Ravens potentially want to do uh, for seeing if Lamar Jackson is returning to Baltimore in 2023? Yeah, I've been conflicted on this, uh, you know, because initially John Harbaugh did say that Lamar would be a part of the hiring process for the new of- offensive coordinator, but we don't know. You know, I, we, we don't know if, how involved Lamar has actually been uh, in this process, we don't know if how how much this really impacts Lamar, whether or not he wants to come back. I like the hire. Um, I would imagine Lamar likes the hire because Munkin has a history of being able to make the most out of what he has at his disposal. What I like about Munkin is that he doesn't he doesn't come in with a certain style, and that's what he's going to stick to. He actually builds his scheme based off what he has at his disposal. You look at what he was able to do in Cleveland in 19, uh, Baker Mayfield career high in passing yards at that time. And um, he had a thousand yard rusher and creating up and Nick Chubb. He also had thousand yard receivers and Jarvis Landry and uh, Odell Beckham. You go to his time in Tampa, he switches his up. They don't have the, the running backs that that Cleveland has. So, okay, he he has an air raid type of offense out there in Tampa. Mike Evans, three straight 1,000-yard seasons with Todd Monk. And then you go to his time in Georgia. Um, you mentioned what he was able to do with Stetson Bennett, who was a walk-on, people forget. Um, but they Georgia goes on to win two straight uh, NCAA championships and – Um, This is a Georgia team that pretty much dominated the SEC, which is, you know, kind of the the king of college football right now as a conference. So 
Um, and what I like the most about it is the fact that you look at this Georgia team outside of Darnell Washington this past year at tight end, um, they don't have a lot of elite talent at the skill positions. There hasn't many hasn't been many Georgia guys taken in the first round uh the last couple of years. Now they had George Pickens the year before. Yeah, for sure. He helps. Um, but they haven't been it's it's not like their Bama where they've got multiple first rounders on their on their roster. So he's been able to kind of take whatever he has and get the most out of that cast. He ran a lot of 12 personnel at Georgia. God knows the Ravens love 12 personnel as well. They led the league this year in running that package. So um, I do think we'll see a, a, a lot of the same type of looks that we saw in the past. But I think what you'll get is a different uh, variety, a, a lot more creativity specifically in the past game. You'll get a lot more balance. I think we'll get a lot more uh, running backs involved in the past game, which we've been asking for. Yeah. For a while, that's been a common theme in all of his stops as well. Um, but in terms of Lamar, I, I don't, I don't know how much this impacts his decision on whether or not he's coming back or not. Um, I, I think ultimately is going money is priority number one for Lamar right now. Right. We're going to hate it or love it. It is what it is. Um, there's uh, this notion that people are supposed to uh, do was, you know, do what's best for the, the owner's pockets or for the team's pockets. It's just not feasible. It's not the way things are typically done in the NFL. I see a lot of people using Patrick Mahomes and his 10 year deal as a, kind of a a, a way to uh, for success and sure great for Mahomes. I, I individually I think it's still a bad deal for Mahomes, but yeah it does allow the team a lot of flexibility um to be able to put a lot around you in terms of Lamar I don't know how much he actually values that considering he's been on this rookie deal for so long and they have not really used the available money. Uh, that they've saved on the quarterback position to go out and put a lot of pieces around him. So, yeah, Munkin is good, um, but I think it's still going to come down to money for Lamar. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't, don't to me, they're not exclude. They're, they're, you know, they're separate situations. Um, and ultimately, this is about what Munkin can do for whoever is going to be the quarterback in 2023, whether it's going to be Lamar, whether it's going to be, you know, someone else. Um, and I think that for me, the biggest issue um, with Greg Roman was his situational play calling. I just felt like he did not have a good feel of games. Um, I felt like, think, you know, when he when running the ball suited them best, he decided to pass and vice versa. And I think that Munkin gives them some stability in that situation. Of course, you would like to see Lamar be the guy to run the ship. But if, if that's not the case, you know, I think that he can run an offense and help whoever. I, if you can make Stetson Bennett a, a national champion, I have faith that you can do anything. Quite frankly, yeah. I don't. I am not high on Stetson Bennett. Um, I, you know, I think that you know uh, he has maximized the talent of Stetson, uh, Stetson Bennett to the highest degree. And so, um, you know, if you are getting a guy that's already in the league, whether it be a Tyler Huntley, Lamar Jackson, or if you go get a guy in free agency, ultimately I think that the, the Ravens will be okay. Now, obviously they need to still get an outside guy. They definitely have to, to look at that and put that into account. 
But Munkin really likes um, two tight end sets and multiple tight end sets, which is something obviously the Ravens have the personnel for. They have Andrews, they have Likely, they have Kolar. So that is something that I, I would we're going to see more of. I think that this is where we're going to see now Likely and Andrews being utilized much more together um, on the offense than we've we would have probably would have liked to see more of under Greg Roman. So that's a positive. And, you know, again, look, they, Rashad Bateman, I, I have high hopes on Bateman, but he can't stay healthy so far in the national football league and DuVernay, you know, I, I, if he even is returning because his cap number is a little high coming into his third season um, or fourth season that you don't, you're not really sure how that's going to work out. Again, they still need to get a guy. I don't care who the quarterback is. You got to find another wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I don't know in, in what shape or form it's going to happen, whether it's a draft, whether it's a trade, whether it's free agency, but it has to happen. But he also has a lot of things in place. As you mentioned, the run game in terms of like guys catching passes in the backfield, I would expect to see more of that as well. And, you know, he absolutely is okay with running the football. We've seen that. So, um, I I really like this hire, and I know that people thought that oh we wanted to bring Eric Bieniemy, and my my concern with Bieniemy Cordell was basically like how long was he going to be here? Because if he is no longer under Andy Reid's shadow, and he came to Baltimore and he really played, you know, uh, he called well, and he was doing his own thing and being able to call all of the plays and such. How long was it going to be before somebody finally said, okay, let's give Eric Bieniemy a job? And yeah. that was my concern. One, one to two years tops, I felt like that would have been the case. And we would have been right back here at square one. I don't think Munkin is, is in a situation where he's looking for um, a, a head coaching job. However, I mean, if the Ravens somehow become some offensive juggernaut, even with the guys that they have, I would, hey, we, we don't know how that's going to go. But it, it doesn't appear that it, that that's going to be the case and that there will be some stability here, similar to like what Greg Roman gave the Ravens from 2018 until 2022. So it, I, I like it. I mean, I, I like this hire. I, I think that the quarterback situation, while you would love to have an idea of who that's going to be, I think that he, no matter what, he's going to find a way to – make things work and he had turned down numerous jobs to take this job so obviously he wants to be here which says a lot about you know what what he wants to do and he knows the personnel obviously coming in so i'm excited to see how this is going to work for 2023 yeah i mean a couple of valid points there one you know we in terms of the enemy, we, we don't know how long he would want to be around. I'm sure that was a part of the interviewing process of whether or not he is still interested in being a head coach. And if the opportunity presents himself, would he, you know, jump ship? And I'm pretty sure he probably told him, yeah, you know, because he's been looking <laughs> for that. He's been looking for a head coaching spot for years now. Now, the rebuttal may be, you know, we we've thought for a long time that Eric B would already get that type of job. Who's, I mean, the offers are getting slimmer by the year for, for Eric B He hasn't, he hasn't gotten many head coaching off uh, interviews this year compared to years past. So, um, and you're right. Maybe that, maybe the change of scenery and him ha- uh, leading a really good offense this year will change that. We don't know. Um, I, I can't for the life of me, 
I don't know what's going on with the Eric B enemy thing. I feel like everybody's making a ton of excuses as to why this guy isn't deserving of a head coaching job instead of, you know, actually asking the real questions as to why it's not happening um, to this point. So, yeah, definitely valid um, in terms of Munkin choosing the Ravens over some of the other uh, opportunities that he had is really, I mean, at least the one I saw was definitely Tampa wanted him back. Yes. Um, and I mean, the situation in Tampa is just. Yeah, so I wouldn't go there either. I have yeah. no idea who the quarterback is going right. to be. Kyle Trask. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's the only one they have on on Ross on, on, under contract right now, so that's not appeasing. And the at least the I guess the the possibility of having Lamar is enough, especially Absolutely. when you're going to compare it to what Tampa has going on. I, I, I don't blame him at all. I do. I would like to see, and obviously this is dependent on how healthy Rashad Bateman is able to be, um, what type of impact he has on Bateman. Uh, Mike Evans, he, he had a huge impact on young Mike Evans. Yes. Uh, helped him go on to start three straight years with a thousand yard season. I think Mike Evans now is up to like six or something like that. I, I don't know. I, I, I lost track of how many consecutive thousand yard seasons Mike Evans has had, um, but it's been a lot. Um, so I, I, he, I want to see what type of impact he has on these young receivers for the Ravens. And to be honest with you, one of the things nobody's really mentioning, I want to see what type of shakeup happens amongst these assistant coaches. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't imagine that all these guys are going to be safe. Um, what happens to coach urban is coach urban going to stick around. I, I mean, the fact that Lamar is bringing his own personal quarterback coach to practice doesn't bode well for what Lamar may think of coach urban so you know when new coordinators come in they do like to bring in some of their own guys so I, I wonder what type of guys Monken's going to look to bring in who's going to be on their way out uh T Martin and those guys have been a, supposedly like the past game coordinators the past game has stunk great yeah. <laughs> for that but they had guys in the building whose roles were actually for the past game and nobody ever mentioned their name throughout the course of the season. So I wonder how much they'll really be reevaluated and how safe their jobs are uh, going into next year. But um, I, I think everything is on the table in terms of the Ravens and what they do this offseason to help boost this offense. It's obvious they need another receiver. How they're going to get that receiver right now is beyond me. Um, uh, and we're talking about a, a receiver that's actually done something in this league. Uh, 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 maybe uh, maybe Mike Evans is available. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, uh, who knows what Mike Evans is going to decide to do out in Tampa if he's going to ask for a trade. But you know, he and Ty Munkin definitely have a really good relationship. And obviously, it's still going to boil down to what is Lamar going to do? Everything. I mean, we can't escape Lamar. You know what I'm saying? It's just it is what it is. You just you just can't really escape uh, the Lamar news story right now, because everything that the Ravens decide to do on that side of the ball is going to be tied to what Lamar Jackson ultimately decides to do. So. Um, Munkin is a great hire. I think definitely a slam dunk for the Ravens. It gives them, I think, a lot of what they're looking for. Hopefully we get some different nuances in this offense, like better situational play calling on third and shorts, fourth and shorts. Right. Red zone play calling has to be a lot better than it was last year. 
Um, and just being able to utilize all the weapons at your disposal. You mentioned Isaiah Likely. I'm incredibly excited to see how he gets him involved. The uh, Georgia had two really good tight ends this year in Washington and Bowers, Bowers and yep. they were able to get both of those guys involved. So I, I am excited to see how he can utilize uh, Isaiah Likely, especially considering he likes to run a lot of 12 personnel as well. Hopefully this time around, Isaiah Likely won't be an innocent bystander on the field. <laughs> I agree. I don't think that that's going to happen. I think he will be very pleased with the new guy in charge and that, you know, he will be able to be used functionally. So I, I, I like this hire. Um, you know, I think that the Ravens did the right thing here. Um, and you know, obviously you, like you said, this all is, is play going like what Lamar is going to do, but you, you have to feel confident that, you know, he'll be able to really do things with this offense, obviously barring the quarterback situation, um, until, well, they got to get a, an outside guy, but, you know, I'd like to think that Mike Evans is in the, is in the play now because of Monk and I might be making that up. Ravens might not be able to even afford him because of the Lamar potential uh, situation with the franchise tag, but I'm going to keep hope alive because it's black history month. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that hopefully we can, they can figure something out. Well, if not, Mike Evans, somebody. At somebody. that point, if I mean, if, I would imagine nobody, anybody who is a cap casualty should not feel safe. Devin Duvernay, I agree. Uh, Gus Edwards, uh, Chuck. I mean, Chuck's probably gone regardless. Yeah. But, yep. You know, Patrick Queen. All these guys who are on the brink of, you know, met, uh, uh, of being a cop casualty would probably be in fear of, you know, being released or or traded just to to free up space for Mike Evans. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Not at all. Sorry, guys. Uh, would not have one problem with it. Not one bit. So we'll see how that goes. But again, Ravens hired Todd Munkin and um, excited to see how this is going to work out for their offense in 2023. Before we get into our next segment, please make sure that you're subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there is a new episode, you will be the first to receive it. So you mentioned Patrick Queen uh, in the last segment and in terms of potential cap casualties. And this is his fourth. He's entering his fourth NFL season in 2023. Um, you know that the youngsters do this thing now where when things don't really go their way um, with the teams in which they're playing with, they archive all of their pictures of them in the uniforms. Um, and it appears that Patrick Queen has scrubbed his social media clean of Ravens um, content, of him in Ravens uniforms, Ravens anything. So, you know, everybody's curious what's going on. And, and you know, Understanding that, one, the Ravens need cap money because they don't know the Lamar situation in terms of is he going to play on the tag, is he going to resign, whatever. There's that part of it, too. They do need a wide receiver, and there's some, you know, there's some money that's going to be needed there. And we briefly talked about that at the end of the last segment. Um, Patrick Queen may be the guy that the Ravens find a way to – move on from um it is not a secret that he's had an up and down career since he's been with the ravens he had a slow start but then he shows some flashes 
of of being a good player. Obviously, Roquan Smith being uh, here via trade really leveled him up and helped him in a lot of ways. But he still does struggle in pass coverage. So you got to wonder that the Ravens tell Patrick Queen that they're planning on moving on for him from him, whether it's via trade. Um, which I would think would be more likely than just flat out cutting him. That would make more sense because the Ravens only have five draft picks coming up in the 2023 draft. So obviously trading queen would give them some more draft capital for this upcoming draft. So when you see guys do stuff like this, I always assume it's a a contract situation or or the fact that you, you know, been told that you're probably going to be moved on from when you saw or heard that, you know, he had scrubbed his social media uh, clean. What was the first thing that came to your mind? Here we go again. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I hate this. Me too. Notion of what, of how athletes, I guess, um, express themselves on social media in this way. I, I just, I just hate it because I'd rather you just come out and just say how you feel, to be honest. And maybe that's not the way to go. Maybe that's not the smartest way to go. But I, I mean, I'm just I'm just not with the you know uh, the hidden gems or, or 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 just let me let me do something to see who catches it and let people come up with their own assumptions. Say how you feel. I I, I don't. Say, so you saying say it with your chest? Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> what Twitter's for. You tweet all day. You put you, you tweet all day about God knows what. And I like Patrick Queen. I do as a person. I talk to him a lot in the locker room. Um, I think on the field, he's got, I think he's been unfairly criticized, to be honest with you. I've said that throughout his entire career in Baltimore. I don't think he's been as bad as a lot of people swear he is. I just think that he's come in with unrealistic expectations. He's drafted in the first round. He plays middle linebacker on draft night. They're already trying to compare him to Ray Lewis. He got an unfair shake, I think, from the beginning. Um, but I, I do think he's a quality player, and I think this year you got to see a lot of the things that Patrick Queen can really do well. He's a really good blitzer. He's been a really good blitzer, but the Ravens have chosen to use him in other ways at times that aren't necessarily beneficial to him or the defense. And I think with Roquan coming, it allowed them to simplify how they use him, and it, and they started to get the best version of Patrick Queen. And in fairness, Patrick Queen really started to step his game up a couple weeks before Roquan had even showed up. Um, But that being said, Patrick Queen is going into his fourth year. This is the last year that he's on a cheap deal. He has a cap hit of $3.6 million, a $3.8 million this year. The Ravens haven't picked up his fifth year option and, and, uh, um, uh, Ricky DaCosta was asked about it at the end of the season press conference. And, you know, he was uncommittal. Yeah. He was going to uh, pick up that fifth year option. And if they do that number, that cap number is going to jump up to 12.7 million. Um, So that's, that's when you're starting to have to pay for a guy that you may be a little unsure about. So if they, if they have to clear up cap space for Patrick queen uh, and use Patrick queen to do so, Hopefully it's worth it. That's that's my thing. Hopefully it's worth it. Hopefully it's not for some, you know, fourth round draft picks or something like that. Hopefully it's not for some, you know, uh, bottom half of the pack wide receiver or anything. Hopefully you're getting something of legit value 
um, because I do think he's a quality player. Now, middle linebacker is kind of, especially when you have Roquan Smith, it does allow you to yeah. kind of, you know, go a little cheaper at that position. So I don't know if they trade Patrick Queen, what's next? Is Malik Harrison kind of the next guy up or do they use or do they sign somebody for cheaper and free agency doesn't get much cheaper than three than $3.8 million uh, right now, at least. Um, or do they decide to use one of their right now five draft picks on another middle linebacker? I don't know. I, I'm not necessarily the biggest proponent for creating a hole when you already have holes, but this one is a little different considering you have, uh, you, you, you know, you, you already have um, a, a stud middle linebacker yep. there already. So it, it's not like you're, you, you, you don't have anything um, there, but uh, I don't, I don't necessarily know what to make of it. We've seen guys scrub their social media. And then when asked about it, they act like nothing's going on. They act like they do this every year or something like that. I, I just I just think it's childish to me personally. I wish these guys would actually say how they feel um, <laughs> instead of doing some stuff like this because I, I'm tired of the gu the guessing games. I hate the guessing games. Right. I feel like the whole point of, you know, one of the good things about social media now and us having this connection with these athletes and celebrities and stuff, this access to these guys the way that we haven't before is the fact that we're able to get information that we wouldn't normally get in years past. And now is with stuff like this, it's like, it's, it's still the guessing game when this dude tweets every day, he tweets every day. <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? If the team has already told you they're shopping you, what do you have to lose? You might as well, you know, I'm pretty sure people have been asking. I've seen it. I've seen it on my timeline. People are literally I saw asking. Me. His teammate even like, right. They were like talking in emojis. Yeah, right. You know, and, and then I mean, I don't know. It's 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 a lot of code going on. Like I said, I don't like it. It ain't my thing. But hey, if that's how they feel like they have to express themselves nowadays, so be it. But hopefully, uh, I I do think we'll get a resolution to this sooner than later. It feels like it's a sign language of sorts, right? Whereas the where it's not being it's not being said physically right. but there's it's it's another way of communication in terms of like how, what what people are trying to say and look we can say a lot about Lamar very randomly at times he'll just post some Raven mm -hmm. stuff you know so he hasn't he doesn't do that even though he's done other things that people have tried to decode right but the one thing he's never done is uh like scrub his social media clean of his ravens content right. and he continues to post ravens content so if you are one of the person that likes to like look into stuff like that i guess that's a good thing um but the patrick queen situation yeah it feels like that he's been told that the ravens are either going to shop them or they're going to move on um and i agree with you that you know having a guy like roquan does give them a little bit more flexibility you are going to have to find someone to replace him but if i have to guess the ravens probably feel like that they can do that on a cheaper mm -hmm. note in order to do so um because his fifth year option is coming up so look unfortunately this is the this is the business i do think that you know he had in blitzing situations he was very he played very well um, in that regard. Um, and, you know, he had really, he was really good with like plugging the hole at the snap. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and doing really well with run blitzing as well. 
I he still struggles in pass coverage, and that's been at times problematic for the Ravens, right? Um, but you know, I, what is the contingency plan? Are you just saying, hey, Roquan, it's your show, and we just gonna add a dude like John Ross that you know, some undrafted dude that you had right. on the roster and have him and plug and play him. You already mentioned Malik Harrison. Are you adding him in to, to fill in the gaps of, of that? Um, I would like to hope that they have a plan in place, whether it's a guy that they have in free agency or, or like you say, one of the five draft picks that they have. But if you trade queen, I have to assume that you're going to get a couple of more draft right. capital from him in that regard. So then they would be able to, you know, go somewhere higher. But I'm with you. Like, I mean, I would just not say anything. I mean, right. I, well, he didn't technically say anything. I right. would just, my, I think my thing is this. You, erasing where you came from doesn't, erasing your journey, what's the point of that? I don't get the logic behind it. Um, it's a part of your journey. It's a part of who you are as a player, right? So acting like, it doesn't. It doesn't exist. It's very weird to me. It, um, it comes you know, to I me mean, like a temper tantrum. To be honest, yeah, it, it, it really is that's, like that's a tantrum like. of sorts. Yeah, and like, like, go ahead. Nah, yeah, nah. I, I was just saying, yeah. It just feels like that's their way of acting out. You know what yes. I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I, 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 I was told something I didn't like, and now this is this is my retaliation method is to wipe my Instagram clean and now have everybody ask why I did this. Um, I, I also wonder it, how Patrick Queen may even feel towards the organization, maybe even the fan base. He, Like I said, he's been scrutinized heavily since he's been drafted. I don't know if he's ever probably felt like he's been um, treated the way he feels like he probably should have been. I, I don't know if he feels like he's been, uh, like his worth is, has been valued um, in Baltimore. I mean, they go, it's, it's almost plain sight. I mean, they go and trade for Roquan, and I'm not upset about it. I mean, Roquan is arguably the best middle linebacker in football. Um, so I, I understand the move for sure, but it, from his perspective, you know, it's like you drafted me in the first round. You, you know, I, I thought this was going to be my show, and really up until now, it's been nothing but people criticizing me and it's not really been much pushback from the organization in support of me. Um, yeah. So he might be like, man, you know what? I'm ready to go. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to go. Send me somewhere where they actually are going to value me and understand what I bring to the table. And I'm not saying whether he's right or wrong. I'm just trying to really get into his head. Um, because it's easy for these guys to to feel that way. And with everything that's gone on, I could understand why he would feel that way. I also say, because it's a lot of people that feel like Patrick Queen as a, a coverage-wise isn't great. And I'm probably one of those people. I don't think he's great coverage-wise either. But I also put it, look at it in perspective. It's not many really good coverage linebackers. I mean, the Ravens might have the best coverage linebacker in Roquan Smith. Uh, Tampa's got a couple. Devin White is yeah. definitely yep. one of the, if maybe the best coverage linebacker himself. Um, but it's not many linebackers that can, I mean, these tight ends nowadays are basically receivers, um, running backs and the choice routes. I mean, it's, it's insane to try to 
find a linebacker that can stick with the Alvin Kamara, stick with the Christian McCaffrey. Right. It's, it, I, I think for a linebacker, if you can fill the whole, fill the gaps in the run game, if you're a really good blitzer, if you're a short tackler in space, those are the kind of the things that I'm necessarily looking for. Um, I, I'm hoping that they're not putting it on him, that he's not a great coverage guy, because like I said, I mean, you look around the league, it's literally a handful of guys who who are really good at in coverage at the linebacker position. Ravens are lucky to have one in themselves. And Tyus Bowser, when healthy, is one of the better coverage linebackers also. So, I mean, I, I don't know how much of that I'm looking at as a knock on him, but there's no doubt Patrick Quinn hasn't played consistently enough to the point to where I think the Ravens thought he would when they drafted him. He and Devin White were thought to kind of be, you know, in that same world when they were drafted out of LSU and Devin White is definitely like easily better than Patrick Queen, which isn't an, an, again, not a knock on Patrick Queen. It just is what it is. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, the Ravens are strapped for money right now and Patrick Queen may end up being one of those tough uh, cap casualties that they have to separate themselves from. Yeah. So we'll find out shortly. I mean, you know, the draft is coming, not, far from now um free agency is right around the corner so we'll see how this goes but as of right now i, I think queen is trying to tell us something mm -hmm. and um we'll find out soon enough what exactly that is before we get into our last segment have you subscribed to the winning drive podcast if not please hit that subscribe button so that every time there's new ravens news you will be the first to hear from cordell and me so let's stick with the linebacking group, Cordell. Um, this is the next leg of our series, just breaking down each group um, on both offense and defense for the Ravens. Um, it's not a ton of inside linebackers that the Ravens have at this point. If they find a way to get to move on from Patrick Queen, you already mentioned Malik Harrison. Um, Ross is a guy that was on their injured reserve uh, I mean, that was on their reserve injured list. And then you have a, like a couple other guys that not necessarily strictly inside or outside linebackers and like Welch um, or whatever. So, you know, I, we know that Roquan is the, the, the guy. He runs the show. And then there's everybody else around them. Um, but there's a lot of question marks as well from the outside perspective. You would have to assume guys like Justin Houston at outside linebacker as well as Jason Pierre-Paul at outside linebacker will not be returning to the Ravens. But you also have um, your guys in Tyus Bowser. we got Ajabo that we know that we, we – we're excited to see what that can come from um, because of what we saw in the sample. Um, you got away, which, you know, it's up in the air, but you know, the last couple of weeks, I guess, you know, has some promise. And, and as Tyus, you already mentioned Tyus who came back from injury last year and played well in doing mm -hmm. so. So, I mean, if, if you subtract Houston, JPP and Queen. How do you feel about this group going into 2023? Um, I, I, to be honest, I'm not losing any sleep over JPP. Um, At all. Yeah, not losing any sleep over that. But Houston is a loss for sure. He led the team in sacks this year. Um, not necessarily the same guy down the stretch. I think he only had a half sack in his last seven games of the season. Uh, so clearly he had ran out of gas. Um, but 
Queen is going to be a loss. Queen is going to be a loss for sure. They had two guys in the middle of that defense that they trusted, that were athletic, that were fast. That's what people are forgetting that made this Ravens linebacking core so special this year is that they were just so fast, man. Probably the fastest linebacker unit in the league. Without Queen being there, that's going to be a drop-off in that department, but you still have Roquan. You still have Tyus. You know, you still feel good about that. The edge guys um, are, are still a question mark. You know, Owe uh, and Ajabo, not a lot of experience between those two guys, not a lot of production from Adafi Owe this past season. So, is you know, you wonder how much you're going to get there. Um, the linebacker unit honestly becomes a little murky, uh, a little bit without Queen being there. Still looks good on paper uh, because of Roquan and, and Tyus Bowser. Hopefully Bowser's a lot better this year in terms of just his get up, get off the line speed that Achilles, I'm sure, had a big impact in that last year. But now being a year removed from that, you'll imagine that his acceleration um, will be able to be a little closer to what it used to be. Um, but I, I still like the linebacking group. Uh, is young, um, it's got some proven guys there, but at the edge, it worries me. I'm I'm worried about the uh, Owe and Ajabo. I, I don't know what to expect from those guys. I think Ajabo is still a really good pick. I, I, I like him. I liked him in Michigan. Um, we're all kind of just hoping that he can get back to being that guy that he was before he injured himself on his pro day, but we we honestly don't know what he's going to look like, but I feel more confident in a Jabo having a really good year this year, other than, you know, Owe and maybe Owe will too, you know, but that, that sophomore season was not necessarily impressive at all. Um, you hope that we'll, I mean, we were kind of hoping that we got a better version of the rookie season of Owe this past year. And that wasn't the case. Uh, hopefully you get, uh, uh, you know, the old way, uh, a glimpse of the old way that we got in the rookie year, the guy that was able to make some of those timely sacks, some game winning sacks, uh, so sacking the football, going after the football when he's going after the quarterback. We didn't really see that guy this year. Hopefully next year, after he's a year removed himself from that shoulder surgery, hopefully he'll be better. This will be a more normal off season for him. But I, I think it's a lot of question marks along this offensive line. I mean, uh, uh, along this linebacking group, really trying to see if guys will be able to get back to their quote unquote usual selves after a year where they either either had to rehab themselves back or they're coming off a major injury of their own. Really, right now, Roquan Smith is the only sure thing you have in that linebacking group, and it's a good thing. Right, um, he's definitely a really good sure thing, but I don't know if he alone is enough uh, to carry that unit. The one thing that we learned about the Roquan trade, though, is that Roquan really does elevate the guys around him. And so maybe the Ravens do feel like Queen is um, can be a sacrificial lamb because Roquan is so good and that it allows other players to, to you know, fill in. I don't know if that's true or not, obviously. And that's something that we'll have to find out if they decide to move on from Queen. But I, I think it's very possible that they feel that way about him. Um, I, I, you know, I'm excited about Ajabo. This is his first, he'll be able to have a full off season, you know, um, and, and do his workouts off season and do, you know, mini camps and, you know, all those types of things that will help him prepare for the NFL's, um, 
season coming up. And with the situation with Away, you know, yes, he was he's very disappointing. Um and in 2022, you know, and in the last couple of games he he showed up. You would really hope that the situation that we saw with Roquan and Queen also translates to Ajabo and Away in terms of like them having a friendly competition but ultimately them elevating each other because, you know, they, they want to, they, they are friends, but you can also tell that they're also got like a little competitive spirit about them. And so it'll allow them to, you know, try to one up each other. And in mm-hmm. doing so, that means that, Hey, the quarterback going to have a long day. You know what I'm saying? I love Justin Houston. I think that he's a great guy. And while I, you know, it's probably a sentimental thing for me wanting him back. I can also understand the Ravens being like, we got to move on because we can't pay everybody. And we got we got young guys on the roster. It made sense for Houston to come back after the OA injury, excuse me, the Ojabo injury. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know how you can make the same case for him if you're fully expecting Ojabo to be ready by, you know, week one of the NFL season. So – that that kind of sucks, but I, you know, we this was probably one of the better years that Houston has had in quite some time that we had seen this past season. Um, the the inside linebacking situation is very interesting. I mean, like I said, we we Malik Harrison is there, but then Josh Ross is the next dude that that you have. We know that people spoke very highly of Ross, and we're aware of that, but. Ultimately, like, how does that translate into he was undrafted? So, you know, what I'm not saying that undrafted players don't contribute. The Ravens have been clear, you know, dudes, they've been clear uh, proponents of undrafted guys who have absolutely contributed to their teams over the course of them being existent. You know what I mean? However, what do you expect from a Malik Harrison and a Josh Ross if you move on from a Patrick Queen? Like, certainly, you are you telling me that you feel fine because Roquan is that that dude, that much of a stud that you feel like he can uplift everybody? And look, he might, Cordell. He absolutely may be able to do that. I'm just saying, do we believe in that as of right now? Is that something I can believe in? And honestly, I got to see it to believe it. I, I Roquan can do a whole lot of things. That's a nasty man when it comes to how he plays. And he is so good at what he does. I don't know now. I yeah. I'm, I don't know if I, I mean, want to even put that kind of pressure on him, quite frankly. Yeah, you're making him earn his money at that point. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I, I still would expect the Ravens to bring somebody else in, maybe a veteran. Um, they you know, maybe they'll bring a veteran guy in there on a cheap deal that'll be able to uh, man that medal with Roquan, but they're going to need somebody. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in Malik Harrison. He's been here just as long as Patrick Queen has been, and Malik Harrison hasn't had the impact on the defensive side of the ball um, that you would want him to have to this point. Uh, Josh Rawls, sure, it'd be a cool story if they're able to put him in there and he's able to be a big contributor as a not uh, as an undrafted. Uh, free agent, but it's not highly likely that that's going to be um, what happens. So the, I, I do think that they're creating a hole at the linebacker spot if they do move on from Patrick Queen. Um, and and then we also got to think, you know, with uh, with Kyle Hamilton, like 
if he ends up having to go back to that safety spot with Chuck, if, assuming Chuck Clark is going to be gone and they decide they want to put Kyle Hamilton uh, back at safety, that's another guy you're taking out of the box that's going to be a short tackling. And they now they may use him closer to the line of scrimmage maybe to help uh, that void that they have at the middle linebacker spot. But I think they're going to have to get creative. Um, I do think that they're going to have to bring somebody else in to help fill that void. Uh, but creativity and bringing in maybe a vet or another young guy, I think is going to be the way that they go. If they bring in any, another young guy, though, I don't know. Will that guy get to jump uh, Malik Harrison? And if he does, what, I mean, why is Malik Harrison still on the team at that point? I guess because of special teams. We I know guess. that Malik does play special teams. But, like, yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of, like, actually linebacking play on defense like I mean we know Harbs loves a, a a good special teamer but look you need somebody that can do both things at that point you know what I'm saying like somebody that can play linebacker and somebody that can play special teams yeah. and if Malik Harrison ain't gonna be that dude you need to move on from him too quite frankly so that's where I mean but but they won't because if they get rid of Queen then the depth is going to be an issue there so um there's that part of it but, you know, from a pass rush perspective, it does feel like the future is potentially bright for them um, because, like you said, you know, Bowser showed flashes when he came back. And so now he could potentially have a full year um, free of injury as well as a job ball. And then we know the the uh, the greatness of Roquan Smith. But there's question marks in terms of depth, particularly if they trade or release Queen. Um, and and the guys that would be actually filling in for him if he is gone as well. So, um, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. Again, I, I would not be against Houston coming back, but I also realize that the Ravens got other problems to worry about. And so maybe that might that yeah. might not be uh, a, a top of their list uh, because they got some quarterback and wide receiver issues to be worried about and cornerback issues to be worried about. So we will find out how that goes. But I, I think from a youth perspective, you have to feel a little bit good about what you see on uh, this defense and how they were utilized by Mike McDonald as well. So um, I'm excited to see how, how this will unfold for 2023. Same, definitely some question, big question marks coming. I mean, this off season, I've been saying it for a while. This is probably going to be the most uh, important Ravens offseason that they've had in a long time. Absolutely. So we want to thank you guys for listening. Hope that you are enjoying your weekend. First weekend without NFL football, Cordell. Uh, not that anyone cares. I mean, the XFL is playing this no. weekend. So if you, you don't have to go completely dry without football. That's all I'm saying. If, if you are just an NFLer and that's your hard line, then that's the line you stick to. Do I ain't mad. You got some time. But if you care about football just generally and want to watch it, you got XFL coming up. So. You, you, you watch XFL? I'm go I, I am now going to watch XFL because The Rock owns it. Well, prepare for a lot of drop passes. That's one thing that I learned <laughs> about It's going to be XFL. terrible. I know. It, 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 it makes you appreciate NFL wide receivers. You understand how good they are because you, you're going to see more drop passes than you've ever seen. <laughs> and you have USFL coming in April as well. Mm -hmm. So there's tons of spring football that's coming up. Um, I was a big AAF person when it existed. So yeah. I will watch anything football related, quite frankly. So um, I, I will be watching XFL. We'll also be watching what the Ravens do. 
uh, because this Lamar situation is not going anywhere anytime soon. So um, thank you all for listening. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. <laughs>